Hello, everyone. This is Jeffrey Kerr. I'm here today with the co-founder and CEO of Escape Arc, which is a music company with a mission to become the biggest and fairest music company in the world, while also creating a brand new music industry where artists don't just survive, they thrive. Please welcome Carl Hitchborn. Hey, great to be here, Jeffrey. Uh, hey, it's great having you. To start things off, how have you been doing? I'm doing great. I'm here in sunny Los Angeles today. It's a, a gorgeous day, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting into this. So going back to the beginning, how did you first get started? I got involved in the music industry. It'll be 12 years in September. I decided that I needed to do something different. I was a baker, and I was involved in my family's bakery business. And I basically... I wasn't able to get the momentum I wanted to get in life in the business because there were so many um, layers of resistance. So I decided that if I wanted to make the impact that I really believed I could on the world um, and on, on people, I needed to do something different. So I said to my wife, I'm going to get involved in the music business because music connects with every human on earth. And music is such a powerful medium of connection that if I could make a wave in that space, then I can make a big impact on the world. And so that was 12 years ago. And do you remember when you first got into music in general? I mean, I, I think that music is a medium of communication that we all connect to from a very small age. And I think that, you know, it's such a powerful mechanism of delivery of messages. And so I think that most humans would say that they discovered music when they were very small and, and music has been a part of their lives forever. And I think that's the powerful thing about music is that no matter how old we are, um, whatever our culture is, there is music is a part of our lives. It's kind of like, you know, we must have water, we must have food, we must have music in our lives, you know? And so for me, music has always been a part of my life. I never got into playing instruments myself, but my family are very musical. My uncle played the French horn in a, um, the Munich Orchestra in Germany. My grandmother and my grandfather, they were both classical musicians. But I never got into that. I was more focused on business and the journey as an entrepreneur. But along the way, you know, I, I grew up in the Britpop era in the 90s where every week there was a new band that we could support. And so I went to lots of gigs and very much enjoyed the experience of being in a, in a live venue, you know. And so music for me is a, a big passion. It's really exciting working with artists today to help them build their careers. Let's talk a bit about the feeling of the music industry. What do you think happened and why? I think the music industry is very much designed to find winners and that's what they focus on. They focus on finding the winners. Their model is designed that they can sign a lot of projects knowing that one of them is going to win and that many of them are going to fail. And so their model is really one where they pick one from say 25 and they'll have 24 that are stuck and not able to actually do anything. And so for me, like the whole structure um, within the record labels is is wrong and the model is wrong and also the actual industry itself is very fragmented so an artist has multiple income streams and you have different rights holders that control the different rights and so you end up in a position where it's difficult to make plan a a reality because you've got different rights holders who are controlling the different parts of the business and they all have a different agenda for the rights that they can control so ultimately in order to actually be able to do anything you have to often settle for plan C or plan D or plan E, which is never a good idea. A lot of projects, they, they never have a chance to be successful because they're not really executing plan A. Ultimately, it's an industry that's worked for the, the big machine for a long time because of the way they've got their model structured, but it's not a fair 
way of operating. And how do you build a bigger and fairer music industry? Well, I, I believe that we're in a world that is very connected. So with social media, we, we have the ability to create relationships with audiences at a scale that we couldn't in the past. And also we can do it in a way where we can actually really build a deep relationship with our audience. So it means that instead of having maybe like 500 projects that are scaling to big heights, you could have 10,000 that are sustainable, all making a living, all able to make art all day, every day, and all able to fulfill their own ambitions. And so building the biggest and fairest music company for me is about having a, a mix of big projects that are really at, at the same level as the traditional projects getting to arenas, but also having a lot more that are sustainable and actually able to, to make a living from their artistry. I really believe we're in a world where that's achievable. And when you work with artists of today, how do you help them make sure they understand the new digital world and build connections with the audience? Well, this is where the second part of the mission. So the first part is building the biggest and fairest music company in the world. Uh, the second part is creating a brand new music industry where artists don't just survive, they thrive. And for me, that starts with giving them the education that they need and the tools that they need to be able to actually understand how they can build their business themselves. And so if you give them the, the education that actually helps them do that, it will actually give them the trust so that you're the, the right person to then work with, to trust into their career, to actually help them get to where they want to get to. And so for me, the, the foundation is about education. It's about being in a position where you give people the, the knowledge that they need and then it's also about mentorship, support, tools, services to help them build sustainability. And then the ones that really have alignment to the overall ethos, they're the ones that are great to partner with because they have alignment to what we're doing and they understand that needs to be done because they've been doing it themselves. And they've also got success. So then they're going to trust us to be the people that will get them to the next stage. What do you think musicians should do to be more successful in 2021? The key to understand is that as, as an artist, you have to make art that serves your audience. And so if, if you don't have that in mind and you make the art from a place of yourself, then ultimately you can't be sure that you're actually going to even have an audience that's going to connect with your art. So for me, you have to focus on who, who is it you're trying to move? Who is the audience you're trying to connect with? And so you need to make sure that you have an understanding of what they want and, and then you should make what they want. And if you do that and then you connect to that audience, lo and behold, they will start to consume what you're giving them. And so you have to always have in mind that your job is to serve your audience. And how do you build a bridge between the consumer perspective and the vision of the artist in a post-pandemic world? Well, I think it's a it's been a very interesting 12 months and I've seen a lot of artists that have really embraced being able to actually focus on their artistry and not be in a position where there's a lot of noise out there in the world. And, and oftentimes they get confused about what they should be doing. And so I'll always say to artists that if they don't have enough products in, in place already, they should not be worrying about touring. They should not be worrying about doing shows. And so in the last 12 months, the, a lot of artists that I've been working with and mentoring, they've been working on getting their product. And if you don't have product, then it's difficult to really get momentum and actually get into a position where you can really connect with a lot of people. So if you want to really make um, success in the next wave, when the pandemic is coming to a close and you're actually, the venues are opening up again and all of those things, you need to make sure that you've got enough products to actually release into the marketplace. 
keep that momentum, keep in front of the audience consistently so that when live comes back, you have an audience that wants to come and see you play live. And what is the number one piece of advice you usually give to the artists? That's a tricky question because there's so much that I will advise them to do. But for me, again, going back to what I said earlier, it's like if you're not making art in the mindset of you're, you're serving your audience, then it's going to be difficult to necessarily know if you're actually going to even be able to get an audience to connect with your art so it needs to come from a place of serving rather than a, from a place of like it's all about me it needs to be about them you know and if you have that mindset in, in all of the authors that i've worked with and the authors i've been mentoring i have over 30,000 artists that have purchased information products for me in the last two years and there's been over 6,000 that i've connected to one-to-one in the last two years as well and so from all of the authors i've been mentoring the ones that have taken this approach of making art for others are the ones that are getting the success and you know in this day and age where people have you know multiple ways of consuming music whether it be through streaming or cds or there's even still a place for vinyls i guess what do you think of how people consume music today you know i, I really believe that streaming has provided an opportunity that is incredible for artists today there are more artists that are generating sustainable incomes free streaming than ever before in history and you know there's a lot of bad press around the payouts from streaming but ultimately what people need to understand is that these platforms are still relatively new not everyone in the world is using them yet it's really about volume so as we progress ahead the rate of growth that is happening with these streaming platforms is incredible more and more people are using them what you have to remember is that they're a consumption platform. So the more people are consuming your music, the more they will want to support you in other ways. And that can be, as you said, it, it can be that they, they want to buy a vinyl. It can be that they want to buy a CD. It can be that they want to buy a T-shirt. It can be that they want to come and see you play live in a venue. So if you have people listening to your music, that's always a good thing because that's what you need first. That's a prerequisite for everything else. Well, yeah, and especially you now as we're slowly coming out of this pandemic, you know, more movie theaters are reopening up. And, you know, especially in this day and age where people have multiple ways of consuming movies, whether it be through streaming or the theater, if there's still a place for movie theaters to thrive, there's certainly still a place for vinyls to thrive as well in the music world. I agree. And, and it's really about understanding as well that a vinyl really is a deep connection with your audience you know if you have vinyls and you have an audience that wants them when they purchase your vinyl they've got some memorabilia they've got some they've got something tangible that's very attracted to them and and very um precious because they're rare you know you're not going to make lots of vinyls so the ones that do get your vinyls they're going to be unique they're going to be unique and they're going to feel special about having a vinyl that you've created for them and so you have to view that Vinyl is about creating an even deeper connection. And of course, you can make money from vinyl as well. But the more fans that you have that are buying from you, the more connected they feel. The more they give you money, the more connected they feel to you. So they're the ones that in the end will start to come and see you play live. They'll start to really support you at a much bigger level. And the lifetime value of those customers or those fans that will start to increase as you start to release more music and give them more products. And for those who'd like to have a career in the music industry like you, where do you think would be a good place to start? I think in the, in the music space, if you, if you really want to be successful as an artist, then starting with the songs, starting with writing songs that are connecting songs, songs that are going to move people in some way. And, and often really, I think people forget that you know, music is sonics. It's, it's like we, we're, hearing the, we're hearing the sounds. And so... Melody is the key. If you haven't got melody in your songs, then 
it makes it more difficult to connect with your audience in the first place. So I always say to artists that if you really want to be successful, you must have songs first. And the melody is a key component to you being successful. So focus on coming up with melody ideas that you can then build into a song. And I have an, a challenge that I give to artists to get them to, to come up with 100 melody ideas and then pick five of the melody ideas to then go and write a full song from. And every artist that does this, they always end up with better songs than they've ever written before. And so if you're starting out and you want to be a songwriter, understanding that the melody is what really is the, the thing that you need, because if in your song you don't have a payoff, a melody that really connects with people, then it's, very, it's, it's really not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to get people consuming. Hmm. So you must have that first. So that's a good place to start. Before we go, do you have any other upcoming projects that you'd like to share with us? I have a, a number of initiatives that I'm working on currently. One of the things that I've been, as I said to you earlier, is really been focusing on educating artists, helping them to build the business themselves, helping them to really understand how they can do it themselves. And so I have an, a lot of different materials available. You can go to my website, thebakersays.com, and I've got links to the different materials on there. And you can also connect with me on social media. I always reply to people. Uh, if you send me a DM, I will always get back to you. It's part of my philosophy to create connection, really practice what I preach to artists as well. And so connecting with me, um, I'm very accessible and I will definitely get back to you. That's about it for the moment, but I've got lots of things that are coming. So if you connect with me or get onto my main list, I'll always be letting you know what I have coming ahead. And near the end of every single interview I've conducted, I usually ask people, you know, for those who'd like to keep up with their careers work and they find them on the internet. And thank you for already answering that for me. Great. <laughs> thank you, Jeffrey. Carl, I also thank you very much for devoting your time to this interview. It was great getting to talk to you. Andrew, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. Well, yeah, and this was great. And I hope you enjoyed the rest of your day. Thank you very much. If you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash podcast and follow the simple instructions. Feel free to subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. If you'd like to find more content from me, please visit my website, which is www.carereviews.net. You can also find it on Twitter at carereviews and me at Jeffrey Care. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all later.